This is the Small Moves Podcast with your host, Jason Hertzberger, episode 46. Wait for it. Wait for it. And go! You're listening to the Small Moves Podcast. Small steps for big progress. With your host, Jason Hertzberger. Your next step starts now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hertzberger. I'm really glad that you're here today. Today, I'm actually really excited to get this interview out. Today, I'm interviewing Courtney Amberg of CourtneyAmbergFitness.com. The spelling of the name and the link to the site are in the show notes. Uh, Courtney contacted me because she listened to the podcast and was interested in possibly coming on the show to share some information with the audience about some of the programs that she does through her fitness business. I looked over it. I looked through her website and her profile, just sort of checked out all of the material that she puts out and actually thought that she'd be a really great fit as a guest of the show. I really think that you guys will enjoy listening to her talk. She's really has a great perspective on fitness and nutrition and sort of the blending of those two and which to focus on first, depending on what area of life is most important to you. Like she's got a, just has a really great personalized perspective on how to manage one's fitness and nutrition. She just has a really great attitude about the entire process. Her primary focus is working with busy women that have had a little bit of difficulty in the past, trying to squeeze both good eating and good fitness activities into their life up to this point. That's a big focus for her business, but not necessarily the exclusive focus. She works with a pretty solid range of people in her fitness practice. And she also has a very interesting sort of giveaway on her website that I'd like everybody to check out. It's called the Fit in 15 program. You can get that by going to her website. Again, it's linked to in the show notes. But we got into a lot of stuff about how to manage one's fitness, whether it be going to a gym or working from home or doing just bodyweight exercises and sort of how to sort of customize that for yourself. This was a pretty tactical conversation. I really enjoyed it. I don't want to get too much into it here. I'll leave it for the show. So without further ado, I bring you Courtney Amberg. Here we go. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire, and you're listening to the Small Moves Podcast, small steps for big progress. Let's prepare to ignite. Hey, Courtney, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jason. This is awesome. Yeah, no worries. The audience of the show just heard a sort of a snapshot of your background and how you and I sort of came across each other during the intro a minute ago. But obviously, you clearly know yourself better than I or the audience knows you. So um, give give us a little bit of your background. Tell us a little bit about your fitness company, about yourself, like where you grew up, what it is that sort of got you into what you're doing now. So I kind of fell into fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, came, I came through a very weird path into fitness and kind of strength training and all that stuff because I originally wanted to be a painter. So growing up, like I wanted to be a famous painter, right? So I went to art school my first year. But before that, throughout high school and growing up, I was always, I never really looked like the other girls. Like I was always a little bit on the chunkier side and I became very aware of that. And uh, it kind of forced me into playing four sports in high school, which Mm. was not for the reason, like I I was not athletic Mm. at all. It was for the reason of like, I just wanted to be skinny because I thought that that would help me fit in. And I thought that that would help me be confident. And I thought that that would help me make friends. Right. And I'm, sh- I'm sure this was all self-determination. Like no one around you ever mentioned about you being chunky or not being athletic. This is totally just you. Right. Of course. I mean, I feel like there's always those like social <laughs> pressures or like, you know what I mean? Just comparing, but it was definitely mostly internal. Like you don't stack up to those girls in the magazines or you don't, you know, and this is coming from like a 10 year old, 11 year old's mind. So it always seems 10 times worse sure. when you're thinking about it from a child's perspective. And now me looking back, I'm like, that's kind of silly. Nobody really cares. Deep. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But because of that, right, it kind of threw me on this path of I went to art school Things didn't work out. I was there for a year, could never connect with anybody. And that's kind of where I was living most of my time in the gym. So Mm. because where I went, I went to University of Arts in Philadelphia. 
So there's no cafeteria, there's no dorm rooms, like you live in a studio apartment under the college. Um, So it's really hard to, for me, it was hard to meet people because every friend that I ever had was from sports. And I didn't realize that until I was there and I had no sports teams or sport events or like anything to do (laughs) besides like draw while everybody else is... (laughs) like doing drugs and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not into that. I can't fit in here smoking cigarettes. So I spent all my time in the gym and then slowly through that misery, there's, it was like a perfect storm of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I was like going into all these fitness classes, and I was like, you know what? I think I could do this. Right. I think, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. And that's when I kind of took a leap of faith was past the transfer date, transferred into TCNJ, like pulling strings. And then it's been, been kind of fitness and strength training and, and, you know, that kind of mindset that comes with it ever since. What's that acronym that you just said? TCNJ? Uh, the College of New Jersey. Got it. In okay. Anyway. Got yeah. it. Okay. Now, the did, was that a nutrition or a fitness program that you were doing there? Or is that just something else that you were doing so that you can finish your undergrad while you were training to be a fitness or nutrition expert on the side? Was that something that you learned in college or was that outside of college? So I'm definitely the type of person that like does before I think like I always am like take action and then figure it out when you when you get there. Right. Mm -hmm. So I switched and I went into health and exercise science. So that's my degree. And the way that the College of New Jersey, New Jersey does it, it's kind of like your bachelor's either prepares you for physical education Mm -hmm. or it prepares you for uh, physical therapy or OT, occupational therapy. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to do either of those. Right. I'm not the greatest of kids. And I've been to physical therapy for my knee and for other injuries from sports. And that really bores me. So I knew that I always wanted to like be a a coach. Like I wanted to be a trainer. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just taking all the classes to basically go into PT or the Mm -hmm. physical therapy side. And then once I graduated, I took the certifications and that would allow you to be a personal trainer or a trainer like that you see in a gym. Looking back now, I probably should have just went to like one year university that gives you everything that you need. But, um, you know, it all worked out in the end. Yeah, because to, to be to be a certified trainer, but one of the ones that, like you mentioned, that you see in the gym, I had a guest on that I interviewed in November, released in December, who's also a personal trainer. He's a CrossFit, CrossFit guy, mm-hmm. and he's also a certified personal trainer here in Maryland. And it's disturbingly easy to get those certifications, isn't it? Like, is it the same? Is it the same up there in Jersey or is it? It's kind of the wild west all over the United States, to be honest, because you can, for instance, like I have a certification that I just took online, Mm -hmm. um, but it was for a specific company. Now, would I feel confident, you know, if that was my only thing? Mm -hmm. No, but being young and not really knowing what all the things you don't know, it's so hard to not like to take that step back and understand, like, you really probably don't have the the knowledge or even the experience yet to really affect change in somebody. Do you know what I mean? And not hurt them. And that's the thing that I I like get so overwhelmed with because I'll go into the big box gym and I'll like see trainers and like, just like doctors make the worst patients, trainers make the worst trainer, like to be like a client. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, Oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Like, why are they doing that? Why are they doing this? I would have done this with her. And, and I obviously see she's uncomfortable. So, um, it is kind of scary. And I would always tell people like ask for the background. And then also sometimes that doesn't matter that much, but like see how much they care and see how they work with you. Like if you're telling them like this hurts or this hurts and they don't have something to give you right away, mm-hmm. uh, you got to find something that's a little bit better and a little bit more experienced because we're playing with people's lives. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I could change someone's day. I could change someone's life in a split second by not giving the right thing or them getting injured. Yeah. I was going to say that, and you get, you affect their lives significantly both on the good and the bad side. Exactly. Like if, if I, if I'm, you know, if you're my trainer and I'm telling you that my left shoulder hurts, my left shoulder hurts, my left shoulder hurts, but you keep drilling it and you know, you work over, work your way over to free weights and you got me doing bench presses and I dropped the thing because I just lost and you weren't listening. Like that's, right. that's on my you. responsibility. Yeah. That's you. That's on you. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. scary. It is scary. I mean, it's a lot of responsibility on your end. Now, my question that I've got for you is what type of pra- like what type of practice do you run? Like there's you mentioned that it's sort of the wild west, which I totally agree with. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like I like I kind of like the fact that there are different trainers that can do a million different things out there. There's not the one sort of standardized 
model for personal training. It's like if you're going to be a personal trainer that is hired by one of the big gyms that everybody knows from around the country, you have to go through this certification from this national organization, and you have to follow this protocol for people that want to lose weight. You have to follow this protocol for people that want to gain weight. And that's it. Like, I like the fact that that's not the way that it is. Like if I, you know, if I'm looking specifically for bulk and fat loss, I don't care about cardio. If the, if things were systematized, you might not be able to offer me that. Like that might be what I'm looking for. So what, how, how exactly do you work with your clients? Like, do you have a specialization where you're like, this is the type of diet or nutrition program that I've seen work the most. So this is generally all I recommend. If you don't want that, that's okay. Or are you the type that, and similarly applied to the fitness program? Like I do, like I do cross, like perfect example. (laughs) I love them to death. CrossFit people. (laughs) I love them to death. Please God, don't get me wrong. But there to a crossfitter there is no exercise in the world that that's is better be- that, that's better than crossfit so no matter what the science no matter what the body type no matter what the ba- the history of injury whatever it is crossfit's it period right. i have a problem with that like that's that i don't like that model at least that's been my experience like i well what about me what about my shoulder what about my back what about my body doesn't matter. It was like, doesn't matter. Flip the damn tire. It was like, right. Okay. So like what, how, how exactly do you structure your practice with people? Like, do you do CrossFit? Do you not do like, how do you? So the way that I look at it, cause I completely agree. And I think coming from where we were, cause remember like exercise was never really a thing not too long ago, right? Yeah. It was just physical movement. And then yeah. like the aerobics came in and then like Jack Lane came on the scene and then it became this thing where it's like, you can only fit in these certain boxes. Yeah. And now I feel like it's starting to evolve because we're getting a, a lot of really smart leaders in, you know, the fitness space mm-hmm. that are saying like, and leading from example, like things need to be individualized. Like your body is different than someone that maybe looks the exa- exactly the same, mm-hmm. built exactly the same, same age, all of that stuff. Yep. But how your body responds to not only food, sleep, recovery, nutrition, exercise is going to be completely different than that next person. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of take it from that individual stance where I have built a platform and a program where we talk about nutrition, but it's more of a habit-based thing. So that may be the only box that I kind of fit in Okay, is because I do think that there's like some really solid habits that people in general that live really healthy, that are pretty lean, that are happy, do follow. Mm-hmm. How exactly that pieces together is going to be different for each individual, mm-hmm. but that's where I give people the lane and then together, you know, as an individual and as your coach, we figure out how do you fit in that lane specifically, like how exactly are you going to color in between these lines? Um, so that's kind of the stance that I take. I don't, and the only other thing that I really like, I think strength training is super important for everybody, old, young women, men, children, like being strong and being able to just move your own body weight correctly and move well is so important, not just for like the physical stuff, but for like health and aging and like being able to carry the groceries in, in one trip because mm-hmm. nobody likes to take two trips, um, is super important. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I, uh, the, the, the grocery, the grocery trip thing is a perfect analogy because I, I I am absolutely that guy and everybody, everybody is is like, is like how many bags? So, you know, 12 bags is like, ah, just, you know, slide them up to the elbow. I can, I can, you know, stack them across the forearms. I can do it. I can do it. And then, you know, you end up, yes, it's 12 bags, but it's, is it 12 bags of cans of cat food where you're (laughs) trying, you're trying to go up the steps carrying 150, 150 pounds of, you know, beef and gravy and whatever. Or Or like when you go to the wholesale places, that's the worst. We have the boxes boxes. and I'm like, I got two big boxes. I'm going to figure this out. We're going to get this up the steps. (laughs) And they're like 50 pounds a piece. I'm like, but I got it. It's like, damn it. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's just awkward because you can't like hold it right. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Because of course, whenever you go to those places, the boxes that are left for them to give you are never square. They're like, they're, they're, they're long, weird shaped rectangles with half the side missing because they're meant as display (laughs) boxes and not carrying boxes. Oh God. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. It's awful. Now, how, how much of your practice would you say when you're working with an individual client 
how much of your practice is focused on the nutrition side versus the fitness side. Do you do you dig in a lot on the nutrition side? Do you touch on it and then focus on the physical the physicality, like that aspect of it? So it comes to like once again, it's very individualized. So I have some clients that come to me and they've been training for a really long time. Mm. Um, I look at their assessment in their videos for like how they move and stuff, and I can see like you kind of know what you're doing. You're pretty strong already. You have a good base of fitness. So Mm. then that's when we're going to really focus on nutrition, right? We're going to hone in on. Where are you going there and what little small thing, which is why I really love your podcast, what small thing is going to make the biggest effect, right? The minimal effective dose. For other people, it might be they're not training at all. So it would not be smart for me to be like, here's a training program where I want you to go back squat and I want you to do all these really complex movements by yourself, right? Mm Because it's an online platform and we'll work on nutrition later, right? So instead, I'm like, okay, let's once again, find one of those small little tweaks we can make in your nutrition and focus on that and then maybe let's focus on walking more or maybe every morning you wake up and you do 10 bodyweight squats mm-hmm. it's like very step-by-step approach um i'm not i used to be like this hardcore trainer they used to call me like the assassin at my gym and i don't understand why because i'm like so gingerly with people like i want you to feel good throughout this whole entire process i'm gonna push you when you need it but at the same time i want you to understand like you don't need to do as much as you think you need to do to see your body change. And I think that's kind of where people get stuck is they're like, I have to do everything and I have to eat clean all the time. I can never have pizza again and I have to train all the time. And if I miss that, then there's no use when really like you go for going from doing nothing to, I go for a 10 minute walk every day and I make sure I eat one serving of broccoli a day when I went to eating no vegetables, mm-hmm. I bet you you'll see some progress. See I bet you you'll feel better, sleep better. Yeah. Yeah. It's those small little things. Yeah. I mean, that's when it comes to nutrition. I mean, you're, you've met, you've used the term a couple of times, minimum effective dose. That's absolutely a Tim Ferriss line, like from the four, four hour work week. So that yeah. I, I use that terminology a lot as well. Like that, that's using that as an example when it comes to fitness. And like I, you know, my wife and I are members of a gym. I can mm-hmm. go to the gym on a regular basis. I don't like, I just like, I don't, I don't have time. I don't, I don't, at least I think I don't have time. I'm your typical mm-hmm. case. You know, I'm sure I could find, find time for it if I wanted to, but what I decided to do instead is following, you know, a prescription in another one of his books was I started doing two handed kettlebell swings. That's all I do. That's literally, that's, fantastic. that's literally all I do. Every other day I do 75 kettlebell, two handed kettlebell swings. I do a, you know, a two to three minute warm up, and then I do 75 kettlebell swings. That's it. That's all that's I do. That's better than nothing. I've had a dramatic physiological change in right. a very short period of time. Just doing that. Like mm-hmm. fat, like fat burning, you know, fat burning has skyrocketed physically, like muscle, muscle build has skyrocketed. Like I, I work out for six minutes a day. Like, it, like, right. it, like it takes me six minutes th- every other day to do it. Like it's nothing. Like, and that's it, the thing that people don't understand. Like six minutes yeah, every other it. day. Like yeah. you can do that. Like yeah. anybody can do that. Yeah. Right. One piece of broccoli on your yeah. plate with every meal. Yeah. You can do that. Yeah. Like those little things that make huge impacts later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the when when a client is coming on board with you, somebody that you haven't worked with before, like how how do you since your platform is online, you know, you don't do any if if not, you know, a few just in-person clients. You're really just primarily an online-based platform at this at the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um I do a little bit of both and I'm transitioning more onto that online platform. Um okay. How do you assess? How do you assess somebody that's in California? Like how do you how do you assess their general level of fitness? Is it just is it a questionnaire? Is it a one on one consultation? Like how do you assess somebody that wants to work with you? So typically we'll go through like two calls. The first call will be just kind of like understanding what it is you want and can I help you? Mm-hmm. And then so we kind of figure out if it's a good fit for the both of us. Then we'll have a deeper, longer call where I'm talking about all of your nutrition, how are you sleeping, all these different checkpoints that let me know about your health and well-being as a whole. And then from there, there'll be like, um, I send, it's like a survey almost or a questionnaire. So it's all the health history. It's like nutritional, like three day nutrition journal. And then there's another little like questionnaire where you record yourself doing certain exercises. So it's like five exercises that you're going to do, um, with little videos that kind of cue you like, this is how it's going to be done. Like, this is how I want you to see it. Right. I'll give you an example. And then they'll go ahead and they'll do the exercise. And that lets me know a lot about, you know, their ankle mobility, their hip mobility. This is weak. That's strong. Like 
what imbalances are there that I can then go ahead and write them a program. And then obviously during the call and the questionnaire, we'll also talk about, are you starting from nowhere? Like, are you starting from, I haven't done anything. So then that's where we'll put in like, how many days a week are you going to train? And then from there, it kind of snowballs. Gotcha. Now is it, Again, is there sort of a basic protocol that you try to get someone to with regards to a frequency of working out? Or is that also very much individualized, just sort of based on their time and desire? Um, It's very individualized. Ideally, my coach's trainer brain is like three to four times a week would be like the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. But for some people, I've seen people get great results from training two days a week and then they walk. And they try to hit their ten to 15,000 steps. I've seen people hit great results because they love to train all the time and I have to rein them back a little bit and they train five days a week. So yeah. it, it's there's like those lanes that we just want to kind of get you a little bit stronger and how that happens is going to be very dependent on the person and what they're looking for and the time that they have. Got it. Of, of, the, cli- of the clients that you work with either currently or in the past, how many of them are members of gyms versus say having just doing – uh, either having their home gym, like an equipped home gym, or ju- that just do running slash bodyweight exercise stuff. Like, how, like if 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 you were working with me, you know, obviously, if I if I have access to you know a full on gym where I've got every piece of cardio and free weight equipment that you could ever possibly imagine needing, versus somebody that doesn't doesn't have the money for it and doesn't have a barbell in their house. Like, do you work within that? And do you, do you have protocols for people that are, that are kind of that kind of like the old Sean T insanity sort of a model, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, like no, like no equipment is like no gym, no equipment, just you versus the following that same threshold, like the P 90 X stuff, which is at home, but you need chairs and bands and some bars and and pull up bars and stuff. And then there's the get yourself to the gym where you have everything. Like what would you say is sort of the breakdown of the people that you've worked with? I would say two out of the 20 current clients I have now Mm. go to a gym and they like go to like one of those box gyms where it's, they, don't have a trainer there with them. Yeah. So I'll write them a program once again, depending on how they move and all that good stuff. And then they'll go and they'll push themselves in the gym and they'll come back and check in with me on, okay, how did this go? And and we have like a Google sheet that we go through mm-hmm. um, and I can see how they're progressing with their weights and stuff. But the other 18, they train from home. That's I have right. people that just do body weight. Um, I have people who have like my client who's been with me the longest has her whole downstairs is set up. She's got like the cable machine. And as the years have gone on, like she just gets another little piece of equipment that she really likes. And we have all these toys to now play with in her own personal gym. So it it ranges, you know, and um, right now I have my boyfriend on a bodyweight program that he's doing here that, you know, takes about 30 minutes because that's all the time that he needs and all the time that he has. And he's seeing some great results too. Gotcha. Now for, for your, for your own fitness, do you have a preference of either of those models for yourself? I love to strength train. Like I hate doing cardio. I absolutely hate doing like metabolic high intensity intervals as well. Mm. Um, but there's just something about lifting that I just feel like is not only great for your body, but also great for your mind. Cause it's like you go into this challenge where you're like, I don't know if I can hit that rep range, but I'm going to try. And if you fail, you understand like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. And then that somehow that goes over into all the other aspects of your life where you just feel stronger. You feel more confident. You faced failure there and nothing bad happened. So why not try to put yourself out there in the aspects of the life that are more important. So I train about four to five times a week and I pretty much do strictly strength training. So I do like an upper or lower body split. And then if I'm feeling a little spunky, I'll do like incline treadmill sprints after my leg days, or I'll do like some rope intervals for like 30 seconds on 30 seconds off. Um, and then I also play recreational field hockey. So I'm in a women's club. So that's like my cardio (laughs) and I play field hockey and that's my cardio. And then that's it. It's like, have you, have you figured out the, the annoying side effect of field hockey being like running around scooched over with your shoulders forward while running, while trying to run at the top, at your top speed like that? That's something like I, I'm a father of daughters. I'm a father of two daughters. So like, that's one of those sports that has always, whenever I watch it on the field, I'm like, 
ah, like that, <laughs> that can't be good for their back. Like I, it's a similar reaction that I have when I watch little girls doing ballet and just exploding their feet when they're five years old. Right. You know, when I see that, I'm like, uh, like, I mean, how, how do you, how do you, how do you adjust for that? And it's like, I've when, honestly when never four, had when, issues. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And I've played since sixth or seventh grade. Okay. So I've been playing for a little over 20 years. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Math's terrible, but I, I'm like really bad <laughs> at math. But I've been playing for a good amount of time, like a good clip of time. And, uh, they teach you, well, they're supposed to teach you, your coaches are to like use your legs and keep your body more upright. Yeah. And typically when you're like running for the most part, like chasing somebody, you're not really in that hunched position until you get there. Got it. So I think the amount of times that you're kind of in that position aren't as much as it probably looks like. <laughs> and especially when like they're younger, I'm sure you have like younger girls. Yeah. Um, that's when they're always down because they're like, my coach tells me to stay down all the time. And then you get older and you're kind of like, I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm yeah, going to just run. And then when I have to get like, down, I will. at the time of this recording, my, my two daughters are shy of three and shy of nine months. So we're a little ways away from playing, right. playing field hockey. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're a little ways, we're a little ways away from there, but I'm always, Hey, they're like starting at like four and five now. So it's like, I'm closing in. I'm being your typical modern dad right now. Like it's like, okay, the kid's born. Great. Let's start filtering out the things that I'm never going to allow them to do <laughs> later on. It's like, he's like, check ballet, check men, check. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the, uh, of the coaching that you've done, like you've been, you're an independent, you're obviously an independent self-employed coach now you don't necessarily work for a gym did you start there and then expand out like what was your experience there so i started when i was finishing my capstone in school mm -hmm. you get an internship so i started at i don't know if you're familiar with the priestly speed school so i worked with yes. kids where, yeah from the age of five yep. all the way up to college athletes so that was my first kind of getting my feet wet in coaching and and putting all the stuff that you learn about kinesiology and stuff into play. Um, and it That's was a great, great experience. Word. I learned a lot. I learned how to command a room. I learned how to talk in my gut. I learned how to make people listen to me. Um, but I very quickly learned like coaching kids is not my passion. So from there, I kind of transitioned into that same gym. So it was like a big gym with the Parisi Speed School in it, um, doing like group fitness, small personal training, and then one-on-one -on -one training. And then I ended up leaving for a little period of time to do some volunteer work through AmeriCorps. And when I came back, um, a friend of mine hooked me up with who was my biggest mentor in helping develop me. Um, his name's Chris Lingham. He has a training for Warriors gym called Impact Performance down in Voorhees, New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And I worked there for about three years. So that's kind of where I really kind of developed like the eye to see really good form, to implement good programming, to not only that, but like how to talk to somebody in order to help them believe in themselves, because that's the biggest piece, right? If you don't believe you can get there, guess what? You're never going to get there, right? Yeah. But if you believe like, yeah, I can definitely do this. It might not happen today. It might be a little bit hard. Mm -hmm. I might be having a bad day, but as long as I keep staying consistent, mm -hmm. um, that's like the biggest key when it comes to like helping somebody transform. Yeah. The, uh, a coach, yell, a coach just constantly yelling at you to do things that you don't necessarily want to do. It's not going to, it's not going to stick. I mean, granted, could have just went to boot camp, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> sure. Military. I mean, and there's, there's plenty of masochists out there that are all about just getting screamed at just because right. they think it's fun, but you know, not being one of those people myself, I don't exactly understand it. The, it'll only, it'll only stick for so long. Yeah. And I don't yeah. respond to that very well either. It was yeah. so funny because last night my client, um, so I do have some people that I train in home. He was asking me, he's like, where did you get like your style to talking with people? And I was like, Oh, am I getting annoying already? Cause I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like, come on, you got like, I don't know. I just don't, I feel like I'm not like a rah, rah coach, but I'm like, get after it. Like, come on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's like, no, it's just like very interesting. And I was just like, I've also heard a lot of other coaches talk to their clients and mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, I don't really want to sound like that. Or like, that's kind of annoying. So let me not do that. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great, that's a great perspective. It's like there, there's, there's a lot of learning to be had on the negative side. It's yeah. like when you, when you see, when you see other coaches or in my case, like I find in my case, podcasting, I listen to other podcasters or my <laughs> like hashtag IRL business. Um, my, the, the delivery business that I've got, you know, mm -hmm. he, here when I see other people that are in that business, it's like, wow, it's, 
not at all hard to be better at this than these people are just because, you know, like they, in, in the delivery business, it's like you see people, it's like if they're going to pick something, like if their client is picking something up or they're going to pick something up. And if you wait, if they're not ready, the second that you show up, if you give them the evil eye, like you, like they just kicked your dog or something like right. not easy to steal all those, all that people's business. Like it's not hard. Like it's, it, it's, it's really easy to out service a lot of people just because and it's they all think by that, those small little things too. Yeah. It's like blunt force trauma. Isn't necessarily the, the best strategy, you know, in a lot of yeah. cases, you know? Yeah. Um, you said something earlier that, that I wanted to go back to, uh, you mentioned that you did some work with AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that experience. Like it was you- a very unique experience. Uh Oh, um, tell me more. So I originally went into it because a really good friend of mine from college was doing it. And I love the idea of, obviously, I'm in the service business. Like, I want to help people. I want to make an impact. And um, I was kind of still, like, deciding, like, is fitness my thing? Like, because I wanted to be a painter. I don't know where to go. So I went down that route. And also with the idea of I would be able to travel and see a lot of the United States. Because it's, like, almost like the domestic piece for. Mm-hmm. And I ended up getting stationed in Perry Point, Maryland. Which is funny because every summer in high school, I used to go down. My best friend had like a a bay house. So we were literally five minutes down the road from where I would spend all my summers in high school. So I was kind of like a little bummed out about that, which I'm sure that kind of colored my my, um, experience. But then it just like wasn't the feeling that I particularly wanted to get. Like I thought I'd meet a lot of really like-minded people and we'd go out there and we'd have all this fun. We'd work really hard. Um, But it was just different. But it at the same time, those 10 months like taught me so much about myself and it taught me so much about how to interact with other people and how to be a better leader. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I think it's just like coming into experiences, like expecting the worst sometimes and, you know, just being happy with pulling the, the lessons that you get out of it and like feeling good about when you come out. So we ended up like going all over the place. We were in Maryland. We were in Maine. We did, I did wildland firefighting down in um, Virginia and North and South Carolina, which was super cool. Wow. So the experiences that I got were pretty awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Now you, you said you learned a lot about yourself during that process. Like what's, what's something that you learned that you didn't know before that? So you're like in how AmeriCorps works, you get put into like teams, right? Um, so you get on this team of like eight to sometimes 12 people and you have a team leader. And you live together, you breathe together, you eat together, you travel together, you hang out together. It's just 24-7. Like, it's almost like the real uh, the real world on MTV. But instead, you're in, like, these, like, khakis and, like, this really ugly shirt. Yeah, like a really and, attractive like, outfit. and Right, yeah. and steel boots. Awesome. Um, yeah. And you go and you dig ditches and stuff. Like, it's basically kind of what you do and, like, scrub mold out of houses. And it just it brought to my mind a lot of things that, I need to do better, like not to get fly off the handlebar so much or not to let someone poke my, my button so hard. And like, it all doesn't really matter that much. Like take a deep breath. We're all in this together. It's not that serious tomorrow. We're going to get over it. And I think it kind of helped almost like chill me out a little bit instead of like being so, I don't know if the word's defensive or just thinking that my way is always the best way. Mm -hmm. And I think that also helps translate over into coaching because you know, your body and my clients know their body way better than I could ever know their body. I might know the science stuff behind it of what's going on. But like, if you tell me this isn't working for you, even though all the textbook says that it should be, and like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel that way, then you're right. I need to change it. We need to do something different for you. So I think it was another one of those stepping stones into launching me forward and and really committing into like fitness and coaching. Got it. Yeah. The, one of the things that um, has stood out with me, my, my, my wife and I were, were in the process of actively trying to dramatically downsize and move into like either a tiny house or an RV or something like that. And, you know, we've got, you know, we have small kids and one, one of the, biggest rebuttals that we always get when we mention that to people is like, Oh my God, what about the kids? Where are you going to put all their stuff? What are they going to do with their time? If they don't have basically, let me paraphrase their concern is, Oh my God, you have kids. What are you going to do with them? If you don't have 4,000 square feet full of crap for them to play with all day, all night long. And I, I've talked to several couples that travel extensively like full-time travel extensively with children, like whether mm-hmm. it be, whether it be on a boat, which is 
more the experience of people that I've talked to, but also people that live in RVs or tiny houses or whatever it is. And they're like, you want to know what happens when we have kids living in that situation? They like each other. <laughs> they read books and then they right. They talk play about, with each other. They play with each other. They don't sit on opposite, you know, the east and west wing of the property, you know, look staring at their own iPads. Like they actually right. do stuff together because if they don't, then they're bored. But if you get, you know, if you let them play with each other, or if God forbid don't handle your kids with tongs and you know, you play with your kids. It's amazing. Like it's amazing how much more fun right. you can have, but leave living in close, close quarters absolutely changes your perspective on human relations. Like it really does. Like it does. Yeah. I'm mean, like, I'm sure, you know, but it feels so much better. It does. It does. There's a great, yeah. there's a great book that I've mentioned a couple of times called, um, not sapiens. It, it, that's called Tribe by a uh, author. I've been meaning to pick that up. I keep hearing about that book. It's amazing. It's amazing. I've read it twice. It's amazing. The, the uh, Sebastian Younger is just, he's an incredible, I was going to say, call him an author, but he, he's also a document, a documentarian. He's done a documentary called Restrepo, which is about the, um, the war on terrorism over there, specifically in the town of Restrepo. It was really impactful it was an amazing stuff the guys the guy's amazing at generating content um but his book tribe is real it really hits hard and like the general premise is that at the end of the day we are evolved primates we're like we're evolved tree swinging primates we we function in small packs like we function best in small tribes in of groups of 150 or less and when you proactively put yourself into those situations, your level of happiness just skyrockets by eliminating options, not adding them. But you know, that's yeah, and I'm sure it's it's similar in the fitness world. It's like what if you if you if you come to me Especially if I'm starting from scratch, if you come at me with, it's like, okay, here is like, if you want to increase your fitness, here's how you do it. Go home, throw away everything in all of your kitchen cabinets, never look at it again. Now come to the, it's like, you see that gym that's 45 minutes that way. It's a lot better than the one that's five minutes from you. So go and join there 150 bucks a month, but trust me, it's worth it. Now you have to go five days a week. That's 45 minutes there, 45 minutes back, plus a half hour to an hour of working out each time, times five times a week. Half the time you're there, you're just talking with people and not doing a goddamn thing anyway, but let's assume that you're working. It, who the hell has time for that? Like the, at, <laughs> at it, but yes, I, I will agree. If I do everything that you just told me to do, I will get fit. But- who the hell is going to use utilize all those options? Like it's so many moving parts. It right. just it's like it takes all it takes is like one flat tire blows up your entire fitness routine, and right. then and then the whole thing comes crashing down. But if the, your system is built around like with me, like if if the system is built around the forty four pound kettlebell that's sitting on the floor right next to me, and that's the extent of it, pretty hard to screw that up. Like yeah. short, short of a house fire, like, it, it, like it's, it, short of a house fire. It's and then if you have a steel one, up. it'll still probably make it to the house survive. fire. Exactly. It'll survive. So it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that kind of brings up like almost the shiny ball syndrome. I know sometimes that happens in like business, but it's mm. the same thing in like a client or fitness where it's like they go to a gym for a little bit or they follow this program and they only give it a couple weeks and then they like jump to this other one and they jump to this other one because there's so many options out there. Mm. And I just feel like there's the other like fun factor. Number one, what's going to be the simplest and easiest for you to do? I would never recommend driving 45 minutes to a gym because the one day you don't go is going to turn into another day you don't go. It turns into another day you don't go. And instead, just find the one that like number one is easiest and simplest to do. And number two is fun. Like you need to enjoy it. You need to have fun. There needs to be something that's pulling you, not pushing you there, right? Oh, I got to get there because my friend's going to be there or I love that coach or like that's where I go and I feel great and I always feel better when I come out instead of like, man, this sucks. I got to drive 45 minutes or I have to do this. So it's those like little tiny things that always are going to be better because you can do it more consistently. Yeah. And, and not to mention for us who live in the mid, the Northeast or the mid Atlantic, you know, God, God forbid the Pacific Northwest It's like, <laughs> they, the, you'll be, you'll be going to the gym. Really? Re- you, you join the gym in the summer. You're doing really, really well. And then October hits, November hits. 
damn, I've got to add three, four, five layers. So to dry 45 minutes. So to work. And then you got to take all the snow off your car and then you got to warm it up. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. I hate it. No, no, (laughs) absolutely. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. Like, or it'll happen for a short time and you're like, Oh my God, that was torture. I'm not doing that again. And and as you break the routine and then you're done. Like, cause that's happened to me so many times. Just like all it takes is a very small tweak in the routine and you're done. Like I was, you know, I was doing hot yoga for a while and then I got dreadfully sick. I got a really, really nasty cold or borderline flu, like borderline flu symptoms cold that would last for, you know, a week and a half to two weeks. During that time, I didn't go to hot yoga. Never went again. Never went again. It just, I was loving it beforehand. I don't know why I didn't go again, but. The routine was broken. The mat, like the you know the the shiny the shiny stuff got rubbed off, and I'm like, yeah, I don't, yeah, don't want to go. Let me do something else. Yeah, and yeah, right. And sometimes when I think like talk with clients about that, of like they want to do this ideal thing, or they want to go, or they want to you know eat this or do that, and then it doesn't happen. It's not necessarily always like a failure, but maybe it just wasn't the right step right then. So then I always tell them, okay, well, what would be the step before that? And then do you feel like you can do that 90% of the time? Yeah. And if they say no, then, okay, what's the step before that? And like, maybe that thing, and a lot of times they'll roll their eyes at me because they're like, that's all you want me to do. That's so simple. Like the other day I was talking to my client, I was like, like, I just want you to wake up five minutes earlier in your pajamas, get on the bike, do five sprints on the bike and get off. That's all I want you to do. He was like rolling his eyes at me. He's like, it's so easy. Why would I just do that when I could do 30 minutes. And I'm like, because you're not doing 30 you're minutes. Not doing- <laughs> That's the whole point. The whole point is I want you to wake up, roll your eyes, text me and be like, you're annoying. I'm on the bike. Da, 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 get off. You're done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and then see how much that just tiny accomplishment is going to help snowball you into such bigger success. That's not about five minutes. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that you got up and you did it and that you're now doing it consistently. Yeah. So even if you just break things down to small things, like I bet you, if you just started doing downward dog as soon as you woke up for 30 seconds outside your bed, mm-hmm. That would probably move into something else, into something else. And before you know, I bet you'd be at hot yoga, getting all sweaty again. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, is. <laughs> it really, it is. It's amazing. It's amazing how like the little stuff matters. Um, I was looking at your website and your, your website was mentioning something about sort of this fit in 15 program. Yeah. Like what's, what's the, what's the principles of that? Like what's the basis of that? So the basics is kind of like everything we were talking about. Sometimes mm-hmm. we try to push ourselves so much to do everything right. Mm-hmm. that we can't even get one thing consistently done. Mm-hmm. So I know people are really short on time. I know people don't always like to go to the gym, whether it's because they don't feel like they know what they're doing or they feel like people are judging them or because they're like, I don't know how to use that piece of equipment or I don't know where to stand or where to go or whatever it is. I made the Fit in 15. So there's actually 16 little workouts in there that you can do in anywhere from five minutes to 20 minutes. And if you want to make it longer than that, then you just kind of piece them all together. But it's a lot of things where it's either body weight or it's just, you need one kettlebell or you need one band or you need one dumbbell. And you can get an incredible workout that's going to not only help you burn fat and build muscle, feel really good, but in way less time, um, then probably 60 minutes of just kind of like putzing around the gym, not really knowing what you're doing or where you're going or feeling uncom- like unconfident, uncomfortable there. Sure. So created that and put that together and people are really loving it. Like people are really responding to it. And that, that program, that that's a, that's a giveaway on your website. Like that's not necessarily a one-on-one coaching thing, right? Nope. So if people go to, um, CourtneyAmbergFitness.com, mm-hmm. they can sign up right there and it'll get sent right into their, their email box and they can start getting their workouts in. Awesome. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm, I'll definitely link to that in the show notes. Awesome. So the for for people. So for people that are listening, just kind of either following along with the idea of the the fit and fifteen or not. Like the let, let's say somebody is the balance between nutrition and fitness is always an, an intriguing one to me because. But what was the, I can't remember who said the line where, you know, great, great abs are made in the kitchen, you know, not in the gym. Like when it comes to sort of the balance, that balance between fitness and nutrition, where, I mean, where would you say if someone's starting from scratch, where would you recommend they start? Um, assuming they're not working out at all, let's paint a typical picture of a, you know, late twenties to early forties typical guy or girl that was, I mean, look, look at, look at you for it. Look at, look at you not doing what you do for a living. It was like, you were active, you were active through middle school, high school, 
doing some social, like not really had the opportunity to do sports in college because, you know, since you weren't on the scholarship role for the football team Mm -hmm. or the golf team or the swim team, whatever it is, since there was none of that, because you weren't good enough to do that at that level. Well, then the sports just kind of fell off. Like for somebody that sort of fits that role, they get out of college and they get a desk job where they're sitting down 10 hours a day and then driving 45 minutes each way. So another hour and a half of sitting down every day, like, but they're not members of the gym. They're not, they don't necessarily have the greatest nutrition. Like where would you, would you start with nutrition? Would you start with fitness? Like, do you have a general rule that you work with? Typically I would say start with nutrition because Nutrition is like the big piece of the pie and people don't want to hear that because they just want to hear like, all I need to do is punch in, punch out, do three hours a week of a workout. My body's going to completely change, but it's the other 23 hours of the day that matter the most. And I'm not just talking about nutrition. I'm talking about sleep. I'm talking about stress. Like there's so many things into it. So I would say start with nutrition for majority of people. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at yourself, because I know some people that it's like just working out inspires them to do better right and just starting to move and feeling accomplished there kind of snowballs into the other place and just like starting to eat better makes them want to train more so ask yourself what person am i like am i the ex-athlete who like i love to compete and i love to move i would probably for them start with some type of training even if it's just doing 10 sprints outside sprint a light pole walk sprint again and just do that or if you're the person that's like, I've never exercised in my life, like if you're like that 50-year-old woman that's like, I've never trained ever, mm-hmm. then I would just start with nutrition. Start focusing on just trying to have really good protein at most of your meals, include mm-hmm. a lot of colorful vegetables, drink your water, right? The stuff that we already know in our gut we need to do that we don't always do because we're not held accountable. So it kind of depends, but for the majority of the point, I would say start with nutrition. Like nutrition is going to be the thing that changes your body. Just like you said, um, abs are made in the kitchen. I think it was Jay Tita has said in one of his podcasts that abs are built in the gym, but they're revealed in the kitchen. So like you need to build them in the gym, but you need to reveal them in the way that you're eating. And same goes with like fat loss, any type of muscle building or changing your physique, like nutrition is going to be where it reveals. The gym is going to be where you're kind of building that up. Got it. Got it. Now you, something that you said, I've, I've heard, you made a comment that I've heard before, but I've never actually heard the the reasoning behind it. You mentioned about like colorful colorful vegetables, like as many colors as you can. What's hmm, let me speak sound ignorant for a second. What the hell does color have to do with anything? Like what where where, do, where does that come from? I was reading I was reading an ad for an article on uh, Zen Habits that Leo Babalta wrote, and he mentioned something about that about having as many colors as possible on your plate. What does that have to do with anything? So the colors, um, vegetables, the makeup of it, the amount of carbs in it, the amount of fiber in it, the type of micronutrients, so your vitamins and your minerals, and even phytochemicals are really important now. Scientists don't exactly know what they do. They just know that they're super important. The makeup of that is completely different from one vegetable to another, like a piece of broccoli to an eggplant. It's going to be different. So if you're constantly eating broccoli, you're not going to get all the vitamins and minerals that your body needs to perform at a high level, number one. And number two, your gut, right? Everyone's talking about how important your gut is. Those are good. Right. That your second brain that lives in your gut isn't going to get the variety of the nutrition that it needs by only eating one type of vegetable. Mm -hmm. So a really good way to go about doing that is I do a crop share. So we get like the little individual share and it's seasonal. So we go there. We don't know what we're getting, but it's fresh. It's seasonal and it's organic. So we don't have any other option but to eat bok choy when bok choy is like blooming and there's no other vegetables. And then the next week it might just be broccoli and then we have to eat broccoli. So that way you're getting a variety. So switching it up or even just thinking about that quote, right, or that hot phrase of getting as many colors as you can in your can get in your plate mm-hmm. is going to make a huge difference to how your body performs and your gut health as well, which is huge with fat loss, with muscle building, with energy, with sleep, with everything. Got it. Do you, do you encourage or recommend any particular routine with regards to supplementation? Like, do you recommend people work, um, incorporate supplements into their diet or do you feel that it's generally speaking not necessary assuming that they're eating properly generally speaking i don't think it's super necessary i think there's like five or six that in individual cases i would recommend um 
Protein powder, I think, is a really great supplement for a lot of people because it's a good convenience food, and a lot of us don't get enough protein in. So finding one that you enjoy that has a good amount of protein in there um, that isn't chock full sugar and sugar alcohols, I think, is a good choice. Um, krill oil or fish oil, I think, is another really great one, especially for people as they age. It's good for your joints. joints um, a lot of us, yeah, don't get enough omega-3s, which have a huge process in fat burning as well, um, or just general health, right? Um, the other one I would say is a multivitamin, but it has to be like a high quality multivitamin that's in a capsule. Cause if it's in one of those pressed ones, a lot of times you're not going to break it down well enough to absorb the nutrients. So you're just, you know, you say people you're paying for really expensive urine. Um, so get like a high quality one. Um, and then the other thing that I've been taking recently, because I'm not a supplement person, like I don't want people to like think that there's a magic thing that's going to change them because sure. there isn't, there's these little things that'll help. Creatine's a really good one for muscle building. That is, that's probably the only supplement that has been shown to actually be very effective okay. um, for those that respond to it. Uh, the last one is the whole bone broth and the collagen thing that's coming onto the scene. I was very like wary to start to get into it, but the more research that I did, and then when I actually started to take it myself, I started having like shoulder issues. So I had tendonitis and I was having all this stuff going off my shoulder where it was so uncomfortable and I couldn't do overhead presses and stuff. So I started rehabbing it and then I started taking collagen. Um, I tripled the dose of like, it just says take one scoop a day. Mm -hmm. But the difference that it made in my shoulder and how fast my shoulder has healed, like I've had other little nagging injuries like that before and they've never healed that way. So I've started recommending that to a lot of my clients that have like cranky knees or cranky hips um, and they're seeing a big difference in that as well. So that would be the only other one that I would suggest to kind of help with joint health, especially if you're someone that feels like my joints are not happy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, is there, is there a particular type or brand of bone broth that you like to use? I ask because, you know, when, when it comes to bone broth, because it's becoming such a thing, you know, there is everybody that says, you know, get, go to the butcher and get the bones and make the stuff from scratch yourself. There's also the stuff that comes pre-made on the shelf in cartons from brands that, you know, people would recognize. Then there's also the pre-made pouches of stuff that you can make yourself. And then there's the kind that come frozen and you just thaw it out and drink right. it like, you know, kettle and fire I know is a big brand in that line. It's very expensive, but it's very good. Yeah. You know, but what is there, is there a particular, like, do you make it yourself or you meant, you mentioned a scoop, you mentioned a scoop. Like I'm curious, right. like, is it, do you have like dehydrated stuff that you hydrate? Like, what do you use? So, I mean, first thing I would say the, as much as you don't want to spend money on supplements, the more expensive it is, more than likely, the higher quality it is because it's not cutting it with other stuff. Mm. Um, obviously, you want to find something that is in your budget, but typically that's a good key. And then take a look at the like the ingredients and the nutrition and the breakdown of it and compare them between like, this is the most expensive, this is like a little bit less, this is a little bit less, and see how they match up first of all. And yeah. I would do that with like all supplements. All supplements, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. But... Making it yourself is going to be the best, obviously, but that's time consuming. I think you have to cook it for like, like what is it, all day, 24 all day. hours. Yeah, it's like 20, hour, yeah. 20 hours or 24 hours. I've seen, Unless yeah. you have like a pressure cooker, which yeah. I don't have. I live in a studio apartment. We don't have room for that up in here. <laughs> um, but I currently use, I have it here. It's uh, collagen peptides by sports, something sports. Um, but it's a powder and you can also get it in liquid form. So I would just okay. get whatever, you know, is going to be the easiest for you to take. And that comes with every supplement. Like some people take curl oil and there's a liquid form mm -hmm. and they just put it in their shake because it's easier because they don't like to take pills. Other people are like, all right, I'm going to take pills. But the one thing that I'm going to say about collagen when it comes to the pill form, you'll probably have to take a lot of those in order to get the same amount you're going to get um, in the liquid form or the powdered form, or if you make your own bone broth. Now, a lot of the stuff that's on the shelf where it's saying like bone broth and it's like Campbell's soup. Yeah. I wouldn't take that for face value because you know, those type of companies know what people are looking for. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, this was made with bones. So let's yeah, just slap that on there. Yeah, right? There was a, there was a boat, there was a bone in the pot. You know, just, yeah. Right. There was one little chicken bone in there. Mm -hmm. So, um, just be very wary of that type of stuff because a lot of like the food companies will catch on and they'll be like, all right, I'm going to slap this label on it because like there's a little truth in it, but it's not what people think it is. Yeah. It's funny. I, I when it, when, when I think about that, especially with like the big, the big soup companies and the big manufacturers, I think of it almost as, well, this is a way to monetize a mistake. Like they're, they're you, you, if you envision like, 
I'm I'm gonna beat up on Cam- it's like we're beating up on Campbell's soup, not necessarily Campbell's soup, but they're the exa- <laughs> they're the example of like a juggernaut soup producing company. Like you can envision, you know, the Campbell Soup Corporation, the production facility where you've got the vat of ten thousand gallons of chicken noodle soup that's over there, you know, getting yeah. being prepared. And at after it's done being prepared, they sift out all of the stuff that was in it, and they accident they accidentally discover. Oh, oops! There was a there was a whole chicken that's made its way into this one batch, and you can see like some middle level manager being like, "Ding! Wait, like, ah. this batch is bone broth. Yes, it's gonna be two bucks more. Here and we it's go. Gonna be, exactly, it's gonna be two bucks more per can forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm a genius now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that happens a lot in the food the food kind of industry. Not that they're out to get us, but like they got, they got to make their money too. You know money. what I mean? Yeah. And they know we want to be healthy. Yeah. So yeah. it's like the, um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a, I think that's a solid place for us to, for us to wrap up. Is there, is there anything else that you want to make sure that the audience hears about stuff that you're doing, that you're working on? Um, is it you, I know that you mentioned there was a, there was a challenge that you put out in January, uh, what were the, what were the details of that, and are you doing that again anytime in the near future? So I've been running. Um, it's called the Eight Week Nutrition Course. So okay. it's a coaching course, but it kind of runs through on the membership site. Uh, every week opens up a new module, and we talk about like habits. So it's not about like diets. It's not about you know I'm giving you a meal plan. It's literally about what we talked about earlier. Here's the lane that I want you to be in, and then together let's figure out how we can incorporate incorporate that into your life so that you can continue to see success moving forward, right? This isn't something you go on or off, but this then becomes something that's part of what you just do that makes you feel good and that gets you results. So um, that eight week, you can learn a little bit more on my website as well at coach, is it coach? It's CourtneyAmbergFitness.com. And my last name's A-M-B-U-R-G. Um, and that, you know, as soon as I get a good group of that, we, we roll with it. So as long as I get about 10 people in there, we rock and roll because I want people to get to know each other be accountable and, and be in that community together going through each, each week, everybody's on the same page. And that's an eight week program. Yep. Eight cool. weeks program. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Now, if, if people want to catch up with you any other way, what's the, what's the best way to find you? There's your website, obviously. There's is like CourtneyAmbergFitness.com. And do you have a Twitter? Do you have a Facebook community that you... I'm like the worst at Twitter. I don't know. I can't get on the bandwagon. I'm one of those like millennials that is terrible at technology, like really just cannot get it together. But I'm on Instagram at Courtney Amberg. And then I'm also on Facebook. The only two I can figure out right now <laughs> um, at Courtney Amberg fitness on Facebook. So if you just put that in the search bar, it'll pop up. And I share like a lot of tips and stuff and, and infographics and mindset stuff there. Awesome. Very cool. Now the, the last question that I wanted to ask you, it's a, I, I ask every guest of the show, the same question is what purchase have you made in recent memory of a hundred dollars or less that's had the most dramatic impact on your life that you can recall recently? Like it can be, it can be a subscription service. It could be, you know, a, like a new set of fitness bands that allowed you to do stuff that you couldn't do before, like whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have two answers because sure. they're both under a hundred bucks okay. together. Um, the first one would be, I recently bought a journal, like a nice kind of bound journal that I use for gratitude journaling every morning or like at every lunch or some point during the day, I'll make sure that I write anywhere between three to five things that I'm super, super grateful for. And I, and I know that sounds so cliche and a lot of coaches talk about doing that, but it really has made such a difference in the way that I view the world, the way that, you know, I feel about what I'm doing. And I think if anyone wants to start anywhere with improving their life, whether it's their business, their coaching, their fitness, their nutrition, I would start there because it all starts from the brain, right? Yeah, I'm a big and then the second thing, yeah, yeah, the second thing would be a book called Motivational Interviewing, and this was specifically for nutrition and fitness and like working with clients. Mm-hmm. That has helped the way I help motivate and train people and kind of get them to discover what their next move is, and it's. Like your decision. It's not my decision. It's your decision. Mm. The fact that they understand, like, I have the power in this helps people stay a little bit more consistent and, and see the results that they really want to see. That's awesome. So those are my two. Yeah. That is awesome. I'll link to both of them in the show notes. Courtney, this has been awesome. I really appreciate yeah, I really so appreciate you coming on the show. 
It was awesome talking to you. Thanks for having me. It's exciting. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Small Moves Podcast. I'm really glad that you stuck with me through this episode. I really enjoyed that chat with Courtney. I hope you do as well. Just really quick before you go, could you do me a favor? When you're finished listening to this episode, please go ahead and subscribe to the show. That would mean a lot to me. Also, go over to the community Facebook page at smallmoves.co forward slash community. Let me know what you thought about this chat with Courtney and what you think about the show in general. I'm always looking to hear your feedback, either good or or bad. I'm not here to judge. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the show. I really appreciate you. You've got this. Mm-hmm.